Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And today we got to talk to one of our favorite people of all time, Dan Burke from Makeshift. Yeah, this was this was a much needed conversation, I think, at least for me personally, especially given the current times, you know? Oh, for sure. Burke is just one of those dudes who has like this energy that can take any situation and just make it a good one so it was it was pretty good to uh talk to burke especially amidst peak cabin fever i would have to uh be my candor would be dishonest if i didn't throw that out there right of course and you'll hear a little bit about it in this episode but he's trying to keep spirits up and i'd say he does a damn good job of it throughout his band's new record coming out and no one getting to go see them live and talking about everything else he's just such a nice cheerful guy that it's just hard to not be in a good mood when you talk to him and i think that that'll resonate through your headphones while you listen to this yeah i agree and i mean he does definitely a near perfect job of that uh, with with pretty much everything he does artistically but especially just being a good dude like there's there's no one better at being a good dude than dan burke absolutely so with that being said i mean you guys know the spiel we're gonna keep this one short since it was a bit of a longer episode andrew and i make music it's on the internet you can find it we also do other things like for example me myself christian Ivanko, on my own youtube channel i'm gonna start uploading daily because cabin fever and i just want to throw some of my favorite songs out there me playing them and just see what happens so for daily uploads in the next few weeks please go and follow us on youtube us being me christian Ivanko. yeah i just referred to myself in the third person but hey it's quarantine and i can do what i want on my show andrew and- is there anything that you'd want to plug <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say that if you get tired of just Chris, you can go back and listen to all of the episodes of me and Chris of this podcast on pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where uh, we've on, we're on social media, talking podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, just, wow, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. Just yeah, find us everywhere. What, what were some of your favorite uh, past episodes? Uh, I mean, talking to John James Ryan was a good one. Another Long Island boy, that's a good one. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Gabo from Fayuka. That one really, like, taught me a lot about myself, which was really cool. I agree. Yeah, for me, it was probably talking with Howie Spangler of Ballyhoo, among many other things. And uh, all three of those guests that we just spoke about are coming back on the podcast, like we did with Nightwinds. We're, we're doing a check-in, sort of, to make sure everyone's okay, you know? Because first and foremost, we like to think that when we do episodes with people, we, we, it's not it's more than just like an interview. First off, it's a conversation. And, and second mm-hmm. off, I think it's like the start of like a friendship, you know? Um, for sure. So we're doing a couple check-ins with those people over the next few weeks, as well as some new guests sprinkled in like makeshift and in snowtown last week so just stick with us we got a lot planned we got a lot going on you can also follow my other podcast talking tv uh at talking tv no g we, we just review movies tv keep the conversation light and sort of give you guys something to uh you know have other than just the non-stop media quarantine overload that we uh we seem to not be able to escape so we're busy in other ways i mean with the music thing obviously you know andrew and i are always pumping out new tunes so you know keep your ears to the ground but i think we're done boring you with all that for a little while yeah i'd say so chris what song are we going to hit the people with from makeshift first well before that that the song that we're going to hit them with is also going to be in the official talking with andrew and chris spotify playlist what up? probably the best playlist on spotify probably is the probably. wrong word 
dolphinately is is mm, uh, mm. it's as Austin would say it's dolphinately the best <laughs> the yes, best great playlist word. on great Spotify word. um and, and so you can find that just by talking it in, like typing in to or you can talk it in I guess hey Spotify does have that feature so I'm not wrong just just type True. in talking with Andrew and Chris the official playlist we got songs from our past guests future guests if you want a little spoiler alert well that's where you can get it so without further ado andrew this is i needed you to go by makeshift on talking with andrew and chris what up sweet is going on guys we are back yet again we're back we're back I'm and this back. time we are back and better than ever this week we're bringing you the one the only Hercules, burke the destroyer the birkinator the original burke bullshit burke the original inventor of quarantine everyone and we will get into that trust me he he Damn. was in the q zone back in 2016 him and you and bill gates honestly were the were the first two people to predict this shit you realize Rue. that right good Rick? old good old buckaroo and his nostradamus predictions yeah Guys, I've, I've been i've been quarantining for a couple years so you, I'm, I'm used to this shit by now you really have man and, and so without further ado guys we are chatting with the one and only a great friend of andrew and i's dan burke of the band makeshift of the island of long what's going on burke how you doing what's up what's up long. Up, dude, dude, that 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 uh, introduction. I just need to take you with me everywhere. I walk into like a supermarket. Everyone's got their masks on. You'll be like, "Hold <laughs> on, guys, wait a minute." Order, yeah, Chris is good. order in the aisle. King Hercules <laughs> is here. You should see Chris DM a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, dude. He gets off the rail. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to get ours off the ground for a few weeks, so way to take a jab at me, Andrew. But uh, <laughs> anyways, if we're going to start this on a sour note. Me, me and Andrew have this campaign we're trying to play. I created this like Star Wars D&D campaign, and it's just taken me a lot longer to write than I would have wanted because I keep thinking of like super cool shit to put in it. So I, I feel like that was a little jab, like, oh, we were supposed to play two Tuesdays ago, so you should actually see Chris DM it because it doesn't happen. So thanks a lot, Andrew. Hey, Chris, I just want to let you know that I don't know why you took that offensively, because I was talking about the other time when you DM'd that crazy campaign that introduced Cricket, and you had all these goblins doing insane shit, and that's what I was talking about, so why don't you just back off? True. Thanks, Andrew. Anyways, Burke, how you doing, man? Like, how's the whole quarantine been, and how's it been down on Long Island? This is a crazy <laughs> fucking start to a podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is the actual yeah. beginning of the episode. <laughs> Uh, I've been good. I mean, I'm, I'm hanging in as best as I can. It's just, it's really, uh, strange that I've had no responsibilities for the past like month. Um, I think that's just the thing that gets to me the most, but it's like, I'm, 
I don't know. I've I've been okay. It it sucks not being able to see people, but uh, you know, there's a reason for it, and this too shall pass. So I'm hanging in. Wow, that was so poetic. This too shall pass. You've grown yeah, up a lot know. since we last spoke, huh? Yeah, look, he's got like a beard. He's got like full facial hair right now, dude. He's seen some shit. I got the Q beard rocking. Yeah, no, I, I've been Q practicing. Beard. You you told me you wanted to do the podcast yesterday. I was just thinking of really insightful shit that I could say. So good, that's, yeah. That's the first, yeah. Dude, I mean, you know, you brought oh, up man. you brought up comparing me to Nostradamus, but I mean, seems it seems like you're the one who's uh, you know very on point. And and for everyone out there who's listening, we we refer to quarantine as the Q. Uh, Burke first yeah. tried to professionally coin that that term amongst the scientific community back in 2016 and uh it didn't quite catch on but so just so everyone understands the lingo uh talking to you mikey but <laughs> yeah i mean this is this is coming from a guy speaking about dan burke who literally lived in the q zone for yeah. months so, already so so let's if anyone has any it, questions then. on how to quarantine direct them to dan burke because he's he's been done that 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 is true so why don't we just get into it like we all met on a tour in 2000 and well it was 17 but really it was like january so it it felt like 2016 yeah and sure. so basically i was playing solo acoustic guitar at the time and i was getting sick of people talking over me at shows so i was like yeah let me get a band and then they're like dude like you can only like i think it was i would have been able to do the tour regardless mangione said but he's like bro like we want you to have a band so i was like all right i'll get a fucking yeah. band for this tour so it was christian devanko and company and night one of the tour we're all meeting for the first time we're sharing a van there's like not nine people eight dudes and the tour manager danny who's great god bless her and so she was we were all in the van and Burke was sick. And so we just shoved him in the back. I mean, I guess you took it upon yourself to isolate in the back of Yeah. I mean I'm pretty yeah. sure Mikey was sick too, so they were both just like, let's just huddle up in the back. Yeah, I mean I think it, it mainly came from uh so we picked up the van in Boston, took it back to Long Island the day before, and then uh we were driving it up to your house upstate. So I was like I want to stay away from everyone and I want to lay down. So I'm going to take the back bench. I feel like that makes the most sense, you know? Yeah, dude, you were passed I out. I mean, we appreciated it. I didn't get sick on that tour. Yeah. I, I think you're the only one who didn't get sick then. I feel like everyone got sick. It was such a terrible strategy because, I mean, you're going to get sick <laughs> either way at that point. Like overnight drives, like nine hours in a van, Burke's back there coughing up a lung or, or whatever it was. And I was just like, oh, God, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on. I just want to say that Dan Burke was probably sick for a lot longer because he didn't bring a jacket and wore shorts and a sweatshirt every day, even though it was January. Is that true? Yes, yeah, you didn't that, bring that a, was your you look wore, back then. You wore that Islanders hoodie every day. I was like, bro, did you not bring <laughs> this a jacket? One? And no, not that one. Oh, uh, it was it was blue. I was gonna say, I still got it. And you were like, and you were like, nah, dude, this is my jacket. And I was like, it was the, uh, the. You might be the dumbest person I've ever met. It was the blue yeah. and yellow one, still right, on. Andrew? Like it was like uh, the the blue and like orange, blue yeah. and orange, yeah, 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 the blue and orange one, Burke. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know which one. And you have so many Islanders. So like, I think that jacket was probably a hoodie. Which sounds like me. What are like? Let's let's do like. I think this would be a fun bit. What are your top seventeen favorite parts about Long Island? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just top kidding. But seventeen like, is tough. I I'd say the beach is definitely my top two hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, all American is up there. What's all American? Uh, you've never been all American. I don't think I have. 
It's like a it's like a burger spot like in Massapequa right by our house, but it's um it's been on like all these TV shows about like who has the best like burger and whatever. Dude, when that AMH show gets rescheduled, you got to I'll like sleep over or something and we can just yeah. go get it the next day or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised Matt never took you when you're in the area. I mean, Matt took me to some pretty dope pizza spots, and we got like a really okay. good like burrito one time that was like twenty bucks later. Um, Bubba's. <laughs> the thing is, I quickly stopped having, and and I know Matt's gonna listen, so like Matt, I love you, but I quickly stopped having Matt take me to get food because I would always go down there with an exact amount and come home with zero dollars. Yeah, you'd come back with negative, and it would always yeah. be like so. F- I was like, Yo, Matt chill man like most of the time Listen, we were on he's tour got, too you know he's yeah. got he's got exquisite tastes all right? oh he does you just have to be down for the ride but also did you go to anywhere chris this is more just a personal question for you i don't want to upset anyone out there who's listening do you think that you had did mad mangione take you anywhere with better food than checkers I I want to I want to give the answer off air for the sake of not burning a bridge with Matt. <laughs> but to be honest with you, not many people can bring me to better food than Checkers when I'm in Long Island. Like I could go to a five star restaurant. Like what's my favorite kind of food? Probably like Italian food, right? I mean, generic answer, whatever. And and so like it's you could food. you could get me the best slice of eggplant with. A thin chicken cutlet underneath it and a little bit of prosciutto on top with some cheese some mozzarella cheese and like a nice red sauce but then you put like a two for four and it's like there's no comparison checkers <laughs> is a fine restaurant and and so like i hope that like you know matt tried but like nothing will come close to my love for checkers dude and i don't even I mean, get listen, the fries people che- freak checkers out about is the checkers on Long Island that we go to has been prepared for quarantine because you order in that weird room behind the glass and then like there's nowhere to sit down inside. So it's like they already know what's good. Yeah. Yeah, they they got the glass in front of the register for a couple different reasons. But uh Burke, one of them is definitely could be the a quarantine. Public, one is definitely a public health concern for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. So So yeah, I, I know you love checkers so much. Uh what do you what do you think about rallies? To be completely honest with you, I've never had it. Dude, I think that might be the best question a guest has ever asked. That, that did, is a pretty I, good question. So I remember like one of the first times we hung out, we were at Checkers, obviously. Yeah, it was me, and, and was Andrew, like, and Matt, right? It was something like mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah, and we sat and, in the back uh, of someone's car for the We sat in my time. car for like three hours, <laughs> like uh, yeah. from midnight to 3 a.m. Then me and Andrew drove home. Yeah, but it was like, <laughs> yeah, we were times. like... We were talking about it, and then we looked at the cups, and it was like checkers, and then like I guess checkers in the south is rallies. Mm-hmm. And you were like, "Bro, bro, we don't talk about rallies." <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> that that sounds right. Oh, like, that... dude, I love checkers so much. Like, oh, have you ever been to rallies? And your face just gets totally straight, and you go, "Bro, I, I do not fuck with rallies." Dude, so so Burke, I guess I'll um a little say so they say so they go Hardys and Carl's Jr. Yo, oh dude, love Hardys, Hardys, Carl's Jr. Though, whack. No. Yeah, but, I, I don't, but you know Carl. True. I don't know Carl. I never met Carl. We're, Carl Senior, maybe Carl's Junior. No thanks. That that's the thing though. I mean, Carl's Junior kind of sucks, dude. But there's something about like Hardee's. Like it's just you know when there's too much grease on something and you're like, this is gross. Yeah, but yeah, then I've if, been to cookout. But then if you, no, no, chill. Don't don't no. We don't we don't talk about cookout <laughs> like that. Edit point. <laughs> Anyways, but then if you put more grease on top of that, it's almost like there was no grease to begin with. 
And so that is what I think Hardee's does. And so that's why, like, every six months I'll go and get a burger, feel great for the, like, five minutes afterwards, and then just wish I didn't do that, like, for the rest of the night. But it's yeah, it's a weird – but Carl's Jr., though, like, we got it a few times, and it was just always terrible, dude. Like, I don't know. Have you ever yeah. had it, Burke? I've I've eaten at Carl's Jr. once, and my very fond memory from that experience is I was with the band, and it was, like – I think it was on, like, our last summer tour or whatever – and it was like maybe five or six days into the tour. So we were feeling not great from eating, you know, crap for the week ahead of that. Of course. And it was like, we were all like, our stomachs were like being weird, whatever. So we were like, let's get Carl's Jr. That's a great idea. And like, uh, so Andrew, he sings in the band. He's He's famous for like, whenever we go into a food spot, he's always like, and me and Ethan always joke about this. He's always like, my body's telling me to get a salad. And we're like, all right, bro. Like, go for it. And then he always comes back with not a salad. So whatever. So we're in Carl's Jr. And he gets his meal, and he's talking about how he's not feeling good. He's not. He eats his burger. It's like not sitting well, whatever. And then he picks up his fries, and he goes, yo, this comes with two cookies? And then he <laughs> wolfs down the cookies. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. That that is some That's yeah so moose. that brings me back man that is so moose uh, his his nickname is moose just so y'all know because I think that's going to be important soon uh, people are going to want to call him by his nickname and speaking of like right. you know talking about important things and and the big questions this is why we have you here Burke so I gotta know like you have the Rangers like I don't know twenty thirty minutes not even at an arm's reach but y- you guys all flock to the Islanders just because they were put on your rock. <laughs> why why are you making such a poor decision and why do so many of you make that Whoa. poor decision not that i'm even that big of a hockey guy but i have just a baseline understanding to know that that's like that's like one of those things like where yeah you take pride in it but should you take pride in something just because it's there you well, know what I'm trying real to say? quick Bert, yeah real quick before you answer just know that this is coming from chris who's a diehard jets fan go Bert. <laughs> dude Fly Jets fly. That's the Eagles thing. Never mind. I don't know the Jets slogan right now. <laughs> don't tell Scott. It goes both ways, though. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah. So the Islander. To correct you, though, the Rangers are about an hour away on a train, and the Islanders are approximately, I don't know, eight minutes away by car. Okay. So like growing up, it was like, oh, like we're going to an Islander game this weekend. Like awesome, cool. Like, our parents would take us, we would go with our friends, it would be, like, school field trips, whatever. Um, yeah, I think just having, like, a professional sports team, like, so close to home and, like, so specific to Long Island, it just gives us, like, a huge sense of pride. Because they could have just as easily been, like, the New York, uh, whatever else. The New York skyscrapers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. The New York rivers. So Yeah, but there's something about just, like, being, like, the Islanders, and like I have a flag up in my room right here. You guys can't see it, but uh, yeah, I yeah, I just love everything about it. No, I feel that. So since I first started touring back in like 2012, a uh, humble brag. Um, my favorite spot to always go to was Long Island, and it's so hilarious because it's literally like an hour and like 45 south. But it's yeah. completely different than, like, you know, New York City, and it's just completely different than any other part that I've been to in New York. And, and so, like, what was it, like, and you have that Long Island pride, you just said it with the Islanders, like, you seemed pretty, like, yeah, it's the only choice I had. Like, for me, the only choice I had was to be a Jets fan, and trust me, I wear that 
flag proudly, but I mean, I just like, I didn't know anything else, you know? So like, what was it like sort of growing up on Long Island and, and like, how did that experience and impact your music? Because I know there's like a huge like musical scene down there. That's the reason why it was like my favorite spot to go on tour because you'd be like, Long Island. The first time I was like, where are we going? Even flow? Okay, that's kind of cool. It's like a Pearl Jam song. And then I get there and it's like a Thursday night. Um, I mean, the headlining band was, was big at the time, but they certainly went on to get way bigger. This was still early on in their career. And yet the show was just booming with people, you know? So like, what, what was that experience like growing up? And like, just take us way back, you know, like all the way back to like the origins of, of Burke, Long Island and music, you know? Yeah. Uh, so what I love most about Long Island is just that it's like, such a suburb but it's also like if you go where i'm at is very suburban um if you go an hour out east there's like there's farms there's wineries there's all this other stuff and then if you go an hour west you're in the city where you can't even see you know a tree if you try half the time so i feel like where i'm at on long island it's just such a cool balance of literally everything you could ever want um and the beach is right here so like that's sick. That's something that I think everyone takes for granted. But uh, as far as music goes, I mean, my my dad and both my parents were always heavy into music when I was growing up. Uh, oh, so we're going to definitely... talk about your dad, dude. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> reformed. The reformed audio file. <laughs> hey, man. Don't uh, give anything away, dude. Don't give anything away. My bad, away. my bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that had a huge influence on me. And then my brother was heavy into like the local scene when he probably was in middle school. Um, so he got into like, he was into the pop punk thing, but then he got into the heavier stuff like hardcore and all that. Um, and I didn't really know about a local scene until like a couple months before I joined the band. Um, so I joined the band when I was 15 or 16 years old. And, uh, like, I think the first show that we played was the second local show I had ever even gone to. So being in the band really helped me just learn so much about the local scene and what was around here. But, uh, yeah, it's a scene that's definitely seen its up and downs, but uh, I feel like it's a huge staple for a lot of touring bands, and a lot of people do want to come here just based on the history that we have here. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys also have just, like, the local support to bring in the touring acts. Like, where we, where me and Andrew are from, there was the Chance Theater for a very long time, but... That quickly fizzled out, and I think in part because, like, when you're in a punk rock band, like, there is very much so, like, I'd say almost a bit of classism in the sense that, like, you're you're a mid-level act, and you can fill out a 200-cap room, but you need that local opener. You're probably good for, like, 125 of those tickets, but to, like, sell it out and get your full paycheck, you need, like, those strong locals. And then if you're, like, a headlining act, you're, like, a day to remember, and you're opening up for Blink-182, and there's very much so, like, not an in-between. And, and, and yeah. so, like, once we lost those locals, we lost our venue, you know? But, but you guys seem to always have a resurgence, and you always hear, like, electronic music, like, killing, like, rock and roll and like the young kids all want to be djs and they want to do live streams instead of going out and doing performances but like how is it that long island is like this untouched like holy ground for like rock and roll and all things punk rock like you're so close to all of it too being in new york city this this movement i'm speaking of so like why do you think that is that you guys are just so unfazed by it all um i honestly don't have a direct answer to that i think just that people are being exposed to the local scene at a younger age. Like, I feel like it's easier when kids are younger 
to kind of like pick up a guitar and play in a punk band instead of buy a MacBook and learn how to program everything and set up beats and all this different stuff. So it's it's just more like accessible to the younger crowd here. And um, I thought we were actually losing that for a bunch of years. Like you always see like when people turn 25 and 26, 27 and older, they kind of drop off from going to shows, you know? But then they're usually replaced with the 15, 16, 17-year-olds that are in high school and, like, their brother's in a band or whatever. Um, the past couple of years, I felt like the people came in, like, 16, 17, but then those people were turning 18, 19, 20, and there was no one replacing them. So I started get, getting really worried for our local scene. But now, I don't know what it is. I mean, I think a huge part of it is, honestly... Um, Ethan's little brother is 15 or 16 years old and he's super passionate about everything that Ethan does. And I think he just pushes it to so many people in the school. And then that it spreads like that. And we had a band approach us. They were 14 years old, I think last January. And they were like, we want to play a show with you. We want to, I was like, I want to have you guys on, like bring all of your friends, show them what's going on here. I just think that's such an important aspect to keeping a local scene going. Yeah, for sure. And I have a follow-up question to this. Yeah, I, I feel like everybody we talk to who's from Long Island is always saying that, like, even though, you know, like, you hear, you go to shows in, like, Oklahoma or something, and it's like, yeah, we drove three hours from Kansas because this is the closest venue. Like, we can't wait to see you guys. But then on Long Island, you have to, like, beg someone to drive 20 minutes. Like, do you find that that is less apparent in the pop punk scene, or is it still also every Long Island venue, no one wants to drive 20 minutes? So I think it's – that's a tough question. I feel like when when my band first started, we were able to play at so many different venues, um, and a lot of those have fallen through, like the VFWs, the church basements, the all of that. And right. it's AMH is really one of the only smaller venues left. Um, my friend John at Long Island Emo, he's been doing a sick job at – finding new venues for bands like our size to play and i think that's been super helpful but um i think that was another like thing holding people back from going to shows is like if you live in like quorum or if you live near montauk like you don't want to drive two hours to go to amh for a show when you know you used to have more opportunity to go to different venues i don't know how many venues were out east but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of people they can't drive two hours on a Wednesday night to go see a local band play, you know? And that's just the mm -hmm. reality of it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely did think about, like, all the local venues, like, just like Chris was saying, like, our Poughkeepsie one close. So, like, if I want to go to a show, I have to, like, there's a bar down the street from my house that used to put on shows, I guess, but, like, that's not the same scene. But for me to have to, like, go to any kind of variety show, it would be in the city. So, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, f I feel all that, but I'm still wondering, Burke, like, why punk rock? Because I know why I picked punk rock, y you know, but everyone has, like, th like I I'm curious as to, like, what your entrance into this was, because that's, like, the one style of music that people are like, bro, oh, so you're going to play punk rock, so you don't want to make money or see success. Okay. Like, you, you know what I'm where, saying? I think this is where we talk about the reformed audiophile, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so I've I've always had different variations of, like, just rock music playing in my house when I was growing up. Um, the first the first concert that I went to was Aaron Carter when I was five years old. But the second concert That's that I ever went flex. to was <laughs> <laughs> the second concert was Green Day. And um 
just seeing that show was something that I mean everyone says this shit but it's honestly something that I feel like changed my life and just seeing like like five guys on stage just like slamming on their guitars at Madison Square Garden in an arena full of people it's just like there's just something so more genuine about that than a guy with a headset on who like might not even actually be singing you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I just I just got chills from you saying that. Is is yeah. the fifth guy Jason Freeze? Uh yeah, Jason Freeze and Jason White. Yep. Don't 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 forget about Quattro. No, yeah, for sure. I have this running <laughs> joke that uh Jason Freeze cuz we saw him uh remember that Green Day show that we uh sort of like said what up at uh when they did their uh Yeah, Barclays. Yeah, Barclays and so yeah. we saw him walking around before uh in like the yes. promenade and no one was bothering yeah. him. But he was Nobody knew him. He was on the phone. So I had this joke with my friend Johnny who I was with at the uh, time and he's like, "Mom, I'm yeah. telling you, I'm in Green Day. There's so many <laughs> yes, people yes. here." And he's like trying to get him to figure out how to FaceTime, but he just can't do it. Uh, his mom's oh like gone God. senile she's like are you still playing guitar yeah it, she just it's like mom i swear but uh dude he's officially in the band <laughs> the biggest now, you know. punk band he, he's an official member by the way you know is so i've been like wondering about that because i think he was official for a minute and like they were putting out promos with him but i feel like the promos have gone back down to the three of them they they have but um but he caught a couple promos and that's all that matters dude Okay. Once, <laughs> I once think a member, I always, always a I think I always mix up Jason Freeze and Jason White's faces. I don't know which one is which. Like which yeah. Was. So Jason Freeze is the guy with like the newspaper hat with a toothpick in his mouth, a hundred percent of the time. Oh, okay, so he's not the one with yeah. the hair that's like up. And, and he also no, rips on the saxophone yeah. okay, like okay. the two times they <clears throat> use it. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> but no. So so for you it was Green Day then, because I always like to ask like my true punk rockers like. Was it Green Day or Blink One Eighty Two? Because I feel like for our for our age group, like that that very much so is the choice that kind of like influenced where we go and, and how we take it. Like for me, it was also Green Day. You know, the Boulevard of Broken yeah. Dreams music video. I remember seeing that yeah. shit in fifth grade, and I I just I lost it, dude. I watched that like hours on top of hours just in a row. Yeah, and I think Green Day is really like a band that when they put out American Idiot, they saved rock music for a lot of people because everyone in my class at the time i think i was also in like fourth or fifth grade everyone was listening to like rap and like all that stuff and it was like it was cool but then like all the kids that were listening to rap had like the american idiot cd in their like walkman players in class and it was like it would be like snack and we would all want to listen to american idiot so it's like it it's crazy to think that so many years ago we were doing that but uh I think that's really where it started for me, at least. And uh, going off of seeing Green Day in 2009, also two weeks later, I got to see the Blink uh, reunion tour at Jones Beach. So, like, just in that two-week span, I feel like I was like, wow, this is, like, this is so cool. Were you And, like, I, I want to do that, you know? Were you listening to it all, like, beforehand? Or was it just, like, some one of your friends from school had, like, an extra ticket so you just stumbled upon it? Or were you actively listening to it and then this was your chance to go and see it live? Yeah, I loved it. So I was trying to see... I got the Green Day tickets for my... I think it was for my birthday. And, um... Yeah, I mean, I remember one night we were sitting at dinner and my dad was just like, so... I need to tell you guys something. And we were like, oh, yes. shit. Like, what, what, did he, what did he find out? And he was like, so I got Green Day tickets. And we were just like, what? Like, <laughs> no, what? But it was just like the scariest way to present someone with a gift that 
they didn't have coming. But uh, that sounds like something my dad would do. Yeah, but then two weeks later, the I remember the day of me and my brother got tickets to see the Blink reunion tour. So, so I remember like being in your house, man. There's there's vinyl records everywhere in like that family living room. Your your dad has like a yeah. guitar collection. I'm, I'm assuming that yeah. must have been a big impact on you growing up, right? Yeah, uh, my dad used to build guitars actually. So I think just always being around that, and then like my brother was playing guitar and all that. I started off as a drummer, and then. I think it was after I saw Green Day and Blink that I was like, I want to start learning how to play bass just because it had two less strings and I thought it would be like easier to pick up on. Amen, brother. Um, yeah. So I was just borrowing my brother's bass, and then from there I learned 21 Guns was the first song I learned on acoustic. Okay. And I just taught myself to play and sing at the same time. So Yeah, my first- I did uh, that, but with rock band to learn how to play and sing at the same time. <laughs> the uh the first song i learned how to play and sing at the same time new segment was uh when i come around <laughs> so also okay. Green Day, well, welcome to our new segment called playing and singing at the same time for the first time <laughs> for the first time no that, that that's cool man so like y- your dad kind of like exposed you very early on to like punk rock then huh yeah definitely the feelies man i mean what a band <laughs> I, I feel like you don't appreciate you them you enough. Can't, Burke. You can't visit the Burke residence without learning a little bit about the feelies. And oh man, dude! And you guys haven't been here recently. We have like, if you open up our cabinet, it's full of like pint glasses with the feelies logo in the living room. All the yes. coasters are feelies. Yes. Like, now, are you a Weezer the feelies fan? Feelies are Burke? everywhere. What's that? Are you a Weezer fan? Um. I am not too big on Weezer. I love the hits, but like, I've never taken too deep of a dive into Weezer. But I've also never been like interested enough to take a deep dive into Weezer. Because when I first, when I first saw a band like Green Day, I was like, these guys are cool, and they're just playing cool music, whatever. Um, I think the first Weezer song that I it clicked that it was like a Weezer song was Pork and Beans. Okay, and it's these like. <laughs> These like nerdy dudes in like glasses that are ripping off a bunch of YouTube videos. I was like, I don't, I don't need to like take a dive into this, you know? Yeah, no. The reason have you I, seen, uh, I bring have up, have you seen the Weezer SNL skit with Matt Damon though? Oh, that is a good one. I don't think I have. I will link you that yeah. after this conversation. That is yeah, my second definitely favorite watch, SNL skit. Definitely yeah. watch that as soon as it, we're done with this. It's call. just yeah. you'll you'll see it, and being someone who like follows music news and just sort of knows more than just like the surface level about music, like you'll be like, dude, that's so fucking true. But Chris, but, is your is your favorite SNL skit the the gun one with the ooh, what you say? Uh, that's definitely top three. I'm talking about Papyrus, dude. Oh, you're dude. Papyrus oh, is All the right. best. All right, ask your question. I needed to know what your top was. No, no, no. Hey, man, that's. We'll, th- we'll save that for our solo pod in a few weeks. That's going to be some good fodder for the... Uh, and I Great. appreciate your candor, Andrew, in asking me that so uh, directly and honestly. I, um, I appreciate your candor. Thank you. We're trying. We're practicing this new thing, Burke, where we're just, you know, being super polite and nice so that the energy you put out is what you get back. That's neither here we're nor there. We're just practicing being cool. appreciative of each other's candor. The, the reason uh, I... Yeah. Uh, what's, what's candor? Candor is... Uh, Chris, just ask your question. Candor is just like, you know forthcoming with honesty and 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 just you know being direct and and not worrying about in in a respectful in a respectful way yeah being like listen man okay i know you like the islanders but that that sweatshirt isn't the coolest sweatshirt like like in a night and also 
and if it's do snowing, you, do you put actually a feel on. that way, or that's just an example? Burke, that is neither here nor there. I, I do have to tell you the reason why I brought up the feelies, <laughs> though. It's beca- and, and Weezer. It's because the once I found out from your dad that Weezer yeah. modeled their blue album artwork off of the feelies, and that was a huge influence yeah. on Rivers Cuomo. I was like, holy shit, dude! Like this guy knows what up. What knows what's up? Yeah. I followed his Instagram account. He got me into he got me into fucking um, Fountains of Wayne, dude. Like before that, all yeah. I knew was one song, Stacy's Mom. Yeah, and he's like, bro, they have yeah. a classic. And you thought Bowling for Soup wrote it? I thought, dude, I thought <laughs> Bowling for Soup wrote it, man. I thought Bowling for Soup wrote all of their songs, and it turns out all of Bowling for Soup songs are covers. It's crazy. But uh, <laughs> dude, like y- you know, and so like without without your dad, man, like I would have never have dove into like the feelies and and so many other like you know fountains of wayne and and other music as well so it must have been pretty cool like my parents they introduced me to classic rock so Mm -hmm. i know that shit in and out and like a little Mm -hmm. bit of like the 80s pop too but like they never they weren't into punk rock you know like it was definitely way more obscure back when they were growing up as well And, and uh yeah so like on the island man i gotta i gotta know like when did you join makeshift was this your first band was it like hard for you to find a band i know you have like that amh hub but was it hard to like uncover because it is such a populated big place or was it obscure like punk rock kind of has been for most of its lifelong you know existence as a genre um so yeah i joined the band when i was either 15 or 16 i don't remember i was probably 16 um yeah you're gonna need to put a definitive uh note on that for the doc so let's just say 16 now to make the filmmakers in the future have like an easier job all right for for my good good call chris um yeah i'm trying to think sorry you you joined the band when you were 15 but we're saying 16 while you're thinking we should definitely coordinate an episode where your dad talks to chris's dad about music in the 80s that'd be cool like some bonus content so yeah, I mean, like a web exclusive. If you, in all in all honesty, if you want to have my dad on a podcast, Dude, he would don't love he that. do it? Don't don't dangle it. In, don't dangle the dream in front of us if don't, you don't mean don't it. Don't give Chris any ideas. I, I think I think uh, we'll have yeah. to have Mikey on that episode as well and sort of do like a catching up with the boys pod. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So so yeah. yeah, Burke. Like, was it obscure? Was it hard to find the punk rock scene on Long Island? Like when you first joined Makeshift? Like how did that all uh, you know uh, shake down? So I was in a different band for like two practices and that was the only thing I had known um, before I joined Makeshift. But I played drums in high school and that's where I met Ethan because he was also a drummer in the high school band. And um, I also knew the guitar player Donnie at the time. And uh, Makeshift had been a band for a couple months before I joined. And I was actually supposed to sell merch at their first show because I didn't have money for a ticket, but I was good friends with Donnie. And I was like, hey, like, you know, I can't buy a ticket, but like, if you need me to sell merch, I can do that. Been there, he's pal. Like, he's like, yeah, it sounds great, whatever. And then um, he called me the day of the show and he was like, hey, so I have bad news. I know you were going to sell merch, but we don't have any merch for you to sell. But. <laughs> we really want to get a second guitar player. So if you want to play guitar in the band, you can do that instead of selling merch. So wow, I was that's like, like every merch guy's dream for that yeah. question to be thrust upon them. Yeah, and a lot of them have to work for a bunch of years before they get that promotion. Yeah, you didn't even do anything yet. All, all I had to do was show slight interest, and <laughs> I was in the band, you know? 
But uh, yeah, it really, it's not a thing where I met people at shows and it came from that. It's, we all went to high school together and that's how the band kind of formed. That's how I joined the band. The band was formed before I joined, but. <clears throat> okay. That's uh. so wh- how long did it take for you guys to start, you know, taking it seriously? Like doing tours and, and really marketing yourselves? Because like when I had met you guys, it seemed like it was the start of full swing makeshift like let's try and like do the thing you know what i mean yeah yeah um so i'd say Hmm. and that was like 2013 around when i had i think 2012 i mean i knew matt from prior bands so like yeah around like 2013 and now it's 2020 i mean so it's been quite a while you know yeah, I mean, honestly, I think when Matt joined the band, I think he, because he had played in that band, The Greater Sky, before um, he was in Makeshift. Matt TGS. So, yeah, that's still <laughs> his tag, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> but, so he joined, and I feel like he was really the one that was like, all right, we're going to write a full length. Like, let's get these songs done. Like, I'll learn these, and let's write five more, whatever. And then, like, the full length was out, and he was like, you guys want to tour this summer? Like, let's tour. Let's set it up. Whatever. So it was that, and then he hooked us up with you guys. We did the tour together. We toured with a band called Nice Shot Kid from Long Island. So I think that we we all wanted to be in a band and do real stuff and, you know, all that. But I feel like we didn't know how. So I think Matt joining was kind of like – um the catalyst to like making all that happen is it the catalyst that you add to something to make things happen or is that something else it's no you got it dude. Right? You yeah got it. I, I know it. newfound right. glory yeah, just cut it. that just cut that part out in the phone <laughs> okay I can, I can edit that <laughs> now newfound glory does use it in like catalyst as a negative term which you also can do but you can also use it as as the way you used it which i, I believe is the, the yeah. pure intention also i yeah. just want to yeah, say it's like that you said that you know a band called Nice Shot Kid, and I yeah. know of a, an, a former band from Florida that was called Good Looks Kid. They should have toured sick, together. Bro. That would have been amazing. Yeah. The Kid Tour. I, the Kid Tour. I hate Good Looks Kid as a band name, by the way. I think that that is... <laughs> you're just so setting right. yourself up for bar gigs for the rest of your career. I mean, hey, look, they're probably nice guys, and who am I to say, right? Listen, they all they all moved on to bigger and better things. It was a dark time. Okay, learning learning experiences. And, and, and so, exactly. speaking of, like, learning experiences, Burke, um, I, I know we are trying yeah. to bring a little light to this whole quarantine at the beginning of the podcast, sort of lift people's yeah. spirits, but, like, this kind of really impacted you guys at, I think, a very yeah. pivotal moment. And I think you guys are doing a great job, sort of, not letting that slow the, the the process, slow the you know slow the train down, so to speak. So like, what, what's this all this all been like? Like, what's what's your Corona experience been with with makeshift? Because I'm sure that was like yeah, a I was hit, trying right? to go to that show, dude. <clears throat> I was trying yeah. to go to that show. Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks for noticing. I've I've been uh, <laughs> I've been really tr- I've been really trying to make sure the excitement doesn't die and uh, all that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just trying to stay on top of, like, Instagram posts when we can, uh, that it's not repetitive, but it's still relevant. Um, we're doing the live stream thing, which is, has been awesome. Uh, it's kind of, 
it sucks that we just had a record come out, but it's also kind of helpful that we just had a record come out because people are excited. So we're able to do interviews and we're able to still talk about it. So it's not like we're talking about a record that we put out a year ago because we have nothing else to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it did affect us in a really big way. We were supposed to do a tour in April, which had to be canceled. Um, we're in the middle of rescheduling that tour and it's now looking like those dates are probably going to be canceled. So it's, you know, we've, we've had a lot of help with the excitement around the band through, uh, we got playlisted on Spotify, which has been awesome. And like last month we had 10,000 listeners, which is, you know, the most we had before that was 300. So it's, it's been, it's been a very exciting month, but, um, it kind of sucks in a way that we can't get in front of people to make people excited with us. But I think people are still really excited with us. No, so. I think so too. It's, and I think you're yeah. obviously, I think that I'm mm-hmm. like, when I realized what this coronavirus was going to do to the music industry, I was yeah. so glad that you guys got like those Spotify playlists because those will at least keep yeah. the buzz afloat for quite some time as long as you stay in rotation. I don't know how that works, but it seems like you guys are getting good results off of it. So, I mean, I have reason to believe they're going to keep you in there, you know, but, but like, yeah, I hope so. I mean, the songs are dope, so I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, it's definitely your best thing. sounding effort yet, I would say. And, and so, like, with, with that being said, like, what are you guys doing then to connect with fans and like make that personal connection, like the live streams? But like, like, how has that been as effective as like touring? Do, do you feel that like, because you you want to try to convert those Spotify play plays, and obviously being on tour is a goldmine, but like. Is, has, it, has it been harder than you thought it would be or because because we're not really in a touring state our band you know we're, we're more so like the internet right. marketing that's just what our genre calls for so i'm just like curious right. like like what's this been let's what's this been like like i really want to unpack that you know and sort of like has it been a struggle has it been easier than you thought like like you know what's the makeshift experience been with with getting solid buzz and, and solid like support on the internet and then obviously you're a punk band you can't tour off that now you know yeah, I mean, I think for so many bands in our genre now, like you can have great music, you can have great content, but if you don't have something behind you to show people that you're already like I guess if you want to say successful in a way, like people aren't really going to latch onto it. So the I mean, I think the fact that we got all these Spotify playlists, it makes people talk like, "Oh, that band Makeshift from Long Island like they're up to 10,000 Spotify plays. Like, what? And then people are like, oh, I should probably take a listen to them. And then, you know, hopefully they like it when they listen. So I think that has been a huge help. Um, obviously, touring, you're trying to win over people that you don't know. But I feel like this month has helped us kind of capture people that either already knew of us and make them super passionate about us or helped us capture people that kind of have like heard of us before but never took a deep listen so this kind of like gave them the push that they needed to really like give us a listen and you know i'm i'm noticing now people are commenting on the social posts and more people are following that i that aren't like my friends or aren't people that i went to college with so it's you know it's it's kind of rewarding seeing people that you don't know connecting with your music and tweeting the lyrics or posting the album on wherever. So so then is there going to be a game plan change going forward? Are you going to sort of jump back into like, you know, the, the, the standard tour, put a record out tour on it type thing? Or are you going to, because it seems like you almost, 
in a sense, are, are lucky to have a new release come out and see it still do well despite having the main attack plan get canceled in these times. For like a punk band too, yeah. which is a very traditional format, you know? Like, have you guys even taken that into consideration? Um, Yeah, I mean, we our plans for the rest of the year were to tour and try to record a few more singles. But, you know, now we can't tour and we can't really write together because Andrew's mom works as an ICU nurse. So his whole family is on like pretty heavy quarantine. Um, so yeah, we've honestly just been trying to like ride the excitement on the record coming out and, um, we're going to have to reevaluate a lot of things, but I feel like this release has really just helped us be very excited about being a band again. And, um, seeing other people so excited for us to be putting out a cool record that people like and that's getting attention it's it's been really great because things get stale when you're playing the same songs for two years and you know you're doing another tour when you're planning on having a record out but you're still promoting the old record so it's things get frustrating and it gets stale but i feel like this is kind of a good this whole quarantine has kind of just been a really good reset on like life itself and you know through the band's perspective through a personal perspective it's just uh i feel like it's a terrible situation obviously but i feel like if you're able to find the good in it that's what's important yeah no i i feel you on that before before we start well said that's that's also insightful thought number two that I was thinking. Yeah, I was just gonna say we really really appreciate the candor you just expressed. Yeah, thank you for that. your candor and and appreciate I think the candor. for you know Mikey Austin and everyone else on the uh, and company tour. I think that they that's a different Burke that they for sure don't recognize. So congratulations for growing I, I up wouldn't, a bit, man. The Burke I'm talking to right now, I <laughs> would not the call Buckaroo. Kind of, but not so, really. Yeah. Oh god, this is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like in those years i was in college like doing something that i felt like i had to do and not something that i really wanted to do so i feel like i took everything kind of as a joke not not that i took everything as a joke but i just wasn't super serious about things and i feel like now that i'm able to kind of be in a job that i love and be pursuing something that i love doing that's important to me and is starting to become very important to other people it uh it just helps you appreciate a lot more and it helps you kind of take a step back and be like, you know, like I worry a lot about things, but it's also like I'm very proud of what I'm doing and I'm very happy about what I'm doing. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of kind of helps me like take a breath and just grow up a little bit in the in the world that I'm trying to live in. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. Um, You know, not to get number three. Number wow. three. Three for three. Wow. You are three for three. Three, three and one. Three in one episode, you're spoiling us. Burke, uh, not to be too political here, but that that innate response that I I have to something like that is God bless, man. You know, that that's that's yeah. good to hear. Now, before we jump into sort of our uh, our our last little bit of question for you, uh, wh why don't you uh, sort of because we've been talking around the record, we've talked about the effect quarantine has had on the new record and how well it's doing yeah. despite that. But why don't you talk a little bit about the new record since we're going to be playing a song uh, off of it in like probably ten minutes here or something? Uh, yeah, we put out a record um, in March. It's called "Remember the Feeling." It's four songs that are four very different songs, and I think they're all. They're all kind of centered around the idea of trying to find peace um, 
in doing something that you love when the world is constantly telling you that you shouldn't be doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say number about four. it. Number four. Insightful thing, number four, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> number four. Yeah, no, guys, uh, I think it has a little bit of every... For, so the way I interpret it is it it's still very much so makeshift, but it's like makeshift if they've sort of done some self-reflecting and are like, cool, like, this is makeshift now like all that other stuff is still makeshift yeah. but this is makeshift now and going forward am i correct in like sort of like describing it like that yeah definitely and i think before this record i mean we we tried to embrace other elements of music on reflection which we put out in 2018 um but i feel like on this record we're really embracing the pop aspects of the band that we want to bring out the heavier aspects of the band that we want to bring out the straight ahead rock elements of the band that we want to bring out and uh i think i love all the records that we put out ahead of time but i feel like this record is a really good setup for where we want our band to go in the future yes yeah, so you're saying morale is high morale is high man yeah it was the morale Sick. tour wasn't it yeah it was. It was the release. Favorite tour. Uh, favorite memories from that tour, everyone. Anyone got something that comes Ooh. to mind? Mm. I mean, we all have a big one that comes to mind. I'm sure. I don't know if that yeah. one was my number one favorite. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't know if it's. It's certainly the most memorable. Go birds, right? <laughs> Go birds. Fly, jets, fly. Um, <laughs> fly, fly. So Them turkey legs, man, they're dangerous. Burke, I'll give you the honor of saying it, but I want this said person to know that I take no pleasure in recounting this story. It's not my favorite memory. It's I unfortunately take. The... I take a lot of pleasure. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Yeah. I I appreciate your candor on that statement, but. Uh, uh, I, I I do I do remember this pretty fondly. Uh, Same. We had we had a friend that got us into Disney World. Humbleberg. We were in which, which shout park? out Sarah. Uh, I want to say it was if it wasn't the studios, it was uh, Magic. It was Kingdom. the one with the big the big tower that drops. Edit point. Oh, uh, maybe I, not. I think it was in the, the studios part then. Oh, it was okay. the studios one because we wanted to do the Star Wars stuff. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're in Hollywood Studios, hanging out. Uh, this was a week into the tour, so a couple of us were like kind of tired, kind of shot, and didn't Eating really. Weed capsules. <laughs> that was the day before in downtown that... Disney. That was the day before. Capsules, uh, people. Capsules. Think about that. Capsules. Anyways, and, that's um, when we hit downtown Disney. Yeah, we did like a weekender at Disney on like a DIY run. We really were. I yeah. mean, we've been yeah, doing it, it for lit. a while. Let's be lit. honest. We we were living large, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're the second day. We go to Disney. This is the big day, and Burke, you deserve the honor of telling everyone this story. Mm-hmm. So we're walking around looking for turkey of, legs. Yeah, one of us was not having a great time. This person's <laughs> this person's name may or may not be Matt Mangione. We can't be too sure. I love Matt, but it yeah. We love no you, one Matt. knows for sure except except for we, the video evidence I have on my phone. <laughs> yeah, we love Matt, but it it's just he wasn't having a great day. So he was kind of like bummed out. And then uh you know, we're we're standing under a tree to get some shade and uh <laughs> he just goes, "Oh, what?" And we turn around <laughs> and uh he's he's covered in bird shit. 
And, like, uh, like not just one little drop of birch. Like, there were at least four separate drops on the front, back, <laughs> and sleeve yeah. of and, his white T-shirt. And let's also yeah, add... As I said, he was covered in birch. When you're on tour, you change in your trailer. <laughs> and so we didn't, like, you know, just, just the tops. Like, we were just changing our shirts before we went to Disney. You know, we didn't want to be wearing, like, dirty-ass shirts. So Matt puts the shirt on, and he pulls me aside. And he goes, dude, he goes, dude. And, like, everyone else is in the van, and me and Matt are just out back with our luggage <laughs> in the trailer. And, and uh... Also, I missed that trailer. I wonder where we left it. But uh, he he uh, oh my he God. pulls me aside and and he goes, dude, like this shirt, this is my favorite shirt. It's it's like this <laughs> this like local brand along island. I love this shirt, man. That's why I'm wearing it today because this is gonna be it's such my a good white day. Shirt. And I was like, dude, that you know, I mean, oh it's a pretty God. nice shirt. And uh, so that was his favorite and, shirt. And and then because he had bird shit on the shirt, he had to go into the gift shop and buy some like overpriced Disney Haunted Mansion shirt. But he said after that shirt got soiled, he's like, dude, it's all right. I didn't even really like that shirt that much anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and then yo, and he's not, like, yo, this not, shirt is honestly so sick anyway. This new one is so cool. <laughs> not even 30 seconds after he buys the new one. He throws out his favorite shirt. <laughs> he throws, throws it in the garbage. <laughs> Just gone. Gone forever. See ya. And and left it in a uh, garbage can in Orlando, Florida. Like we were going back to a house with a washing machine. It too. was a shirt. Yes. That could have easily it could have easily been it taken care of. Could have easily been easily. fixed. It was a shirt that we did not even go on the ride of. And and after he was wearing it the rest of the day, he was like sweating because he bought like a half long sleeve and like ninety degree heat. It was a baseball team. And and yeah. he's like, bro, this is like my favorite shirt. <laughs> but he, but but the bro, kicker honestly, is like I I probably would have bought this shirt even if that didn't. Yeah, happen that's with the, the exact yep. line. That's yep. why I wanted you to tell it. And dude, the kicker is uh, Matt. the kicker is he was like he could have just Sarah like could have gotten him a free shirt. Yeah, she didn't even know yeah. he went and bought the shirt. She was she like, I could have just walked in and said that, like, if you get shit on by a bird at Disney, <laughs> they'll give you a shirt. Like, they will. Uh, and he just he just went in there and bought one. But that so that quick. was a really uh, fun day, man. I remember we went all around yeah. that park hitting the log flume. For me, my personal favorite memory, yeah. unfortunately, comes at the expense of Mikey, wherein we go to cookout, and he bites <laughs> into a cheese quesadilla, being a vegan, and... There's and there's chicken in his quesadilla, and he was just so pissed about that. He was bummed he was, out. He's like, he, we had our rule. I don't think we're bummed out quite describes again. it. Oh. But honestly, he, well, that, was, had, that was he, karma for him dodging Del Taco the whole time we were in Florida, too. Bro, too true, man. You got to hit Del Taco. Even though it sucks, you need to just remind no, you yourself don't. that it sucks. Actually, no, wait. We like, definitely went because Del Taco has pretty decent cheeseburgers. No, we didn't go on that tour. I was very mad. I remember. So I was like, "Yo, we're in we're in Florida. Let's get Del Taco." I'm like messaging all my friends that have like toured there before. I'm like, "What do I get? Like, I'm going to Del Taco." So I think, and then Mikey's like, "No, nah, I'm vegan and I'm driving. We're not stopping." I was like, "No." He's not, he's, just for not. the record, Mikey is vegetarian. For our listeners, no, he's vegan. At home. I think a big thing about like DIY touring that that people don't tell you is because even though when you're told the show's going to be good, there's still like a 98 percent chance the show's not going to be good. Like, and I, yeah. people are always like, "Why are bands always freaking out about food on tour?" Because that's the one thing you can control. So like, you know what True. I'm saying? It's, like, yeah. it's like, usually pretty consistent. Yeah. Unless you got a vegan in the driver's seat. Dude, vegan in the driver's seat is my favorite Panic at the Disco album. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that was a good one. That was a good one. So, Andrew, do you have a favorite memory from the morale tour? Hmm. Plans from the Death Star, maybe? Well, we shouldn't actually talk about that on here. We recovered the plans from the Death Star. What up, Stin? 
That was that was an all right memory, but at the cost of a pretty bad precursor. Memory. Oh, the tour, the tour uh, went out Ash- with a bang. Yeah, you could say that. Yo, I'm, all I'm going to say about that is if Dan Burke was in the van in his Q zone when that happened, we would not be talking to him right now. Yeah. That's a fact. That is a fact. I'm, yeah, I'm very glad that that, didn't, that went the way it went for, for all things said. Yes. I remember Danny called me the day after and just told me that like the accident happened and whatever, and I was like, how bad was it? And she was like, if you were in the van, you would not have a head. Yeah. Was like what? Like no. Like she's got to be like, come on. Yeah. And then I saw pictures. I was like, oh, oh. I, you would. Yeah, you would. I wouldn't. You wouldn't have your whole head at least. That's for sure. Yeah. May he rest. Yeah. For those who don't know, to just tell a quick story. Uh, after this morale tour, Chris, the tour manager, Danny, guitar player, Stin, and myself were driving back to Chris's house with that van and got into a Leal car accident. And everyone was totally fine, thank goodness. But the trailer went around the side of the van, and the corner went into the back window, which was pretty yeah. much where Dan Burke exclusively rested his head on that entire tour. The Q zone, bro. I would have been permanent quarantine. You know, they they permanent always say quarantine. like the, the craziest accidents happen closest to home, and and I that is too true. It was literally 15 minutes from my house. Yep. <laughs> yeah, crazy <laughs> like, stuff but that that's insane. the thing like touring is very difficult especially at this level so obviously we commend the makeshift boys for going out on many tours actually after i think <laughs> to answer your question from before i think my favorite memory was maybe not my favorite but i liked playing at that one venue that everyone was like yo nirvana played at this venue that crowd was so funny yeah the milestone we were supposed to yes. play there in april i was so stoked to go that back. was a dope spot that place was dope the, yeah. the crowd was so sick yeah, yeah, and just, I mean, Nirvana's, like, top five favorite bands for me, like, all jokes aside, so. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Drew, my top that was a good tour, and I'm glad that we've, Easily. you know, you don't stay friends with a lot of people you tour with just because life happens and, and you lose touch, so this is an extra special episode, I'm sure, for Andrew as well, but especially for me. And so with that being said, Bert, eh. before we, <laughs> of course, I appreciate your candor on that, Andrew, although I think it was a little uncalled for. But um, yeah, before we let you go, Burke, we do have a question that we like to ask all of our guests here. Uh, it's sort of our, our new bit, our shtick, if you it's will. It's a good one. If you had to describe yourself in one word, describe your creativity, describe your, your, your artist. Your artistry. Your artistry. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, I was at a loss for words there. What would that word be? And you can, you can elaborate on it afterwards, but like, I feel like there's something powerful about like one word. The first thing that comes to mind, as silly as it is. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of pretty crazy answers, like things you wouldn't really think of. So don't be afraid to just the first word. Someone once said Tex-Mex. Shout out to episode twenty six. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. I mean, uh, the first word that came to mind, I was gonna say tacos, just to be funny, but that you said Tex-Mex. No, I feel no, like I can't. That, that's go fine. There. Why? Why tacos? Listen, if you have a if you have a reason for tacos, then we'd love to hear it. All right, I'll run with tacos. So, that's my favorite like, four-year strong. I feel like tacos. Tacos can be. <laughs> wow. Tacos can be very simple, meat and cheese, or they can be very complex. You could add tomatoes, jalapeno, sour cream, salsa, guac, Fish. anything. You can you can recreate the exterior to have a softer exterior, exterior, exterior. or a harder, or a harder exterior, or, or a Doritos exterior. Or sometimes, if you want to blend the two, that's all right too. So I feel like I feel like the way that makeshift makes music 
is just so like you take pieces from literally anywhere. We're never like we want to write a rock song. We want to write a pop punk song. We want to write a heavy song. It's just like you take pieces from wherever you can get them, whether it starts with a riff, a vocal melody, lyrics, whatever, and then it just kind of takes on its own life and creates itself into something that we want to be different every single time. And um, and nobody likes stale tacos, so you got to stay fresh. Stay fresh. Stay wow. sweet. Burke. I had no idea where you were going to go when you were like, fuck it, I'll run with tacos, but I'm so glad you did. I'm gonna, I'm just going to go out on a limb, insightful thing number five. For real, dude. Five for sure. five. Yeah. And, dude, that that might be the dumbest rant I've went on in, listen, the, past, you, in the past year of my life. But <laughs> honestly, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. If you didn't just earn the title Bullshit Burke with that, <laughs> then I don't know what will earn it. Uh, this, was, this was a good one, yeah. boys. I think... I mean, for me, Burke, just so you know what day of quarantine it is, it's it's throw up colorful lights and and sort of change the feeling of being in your room all day with with lights. That's that's so I needed this chat. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. And so I want people to enjoy makeshift Burke. So we're going to we're going to head out of here soon. We're going to play a little ditty off the new record. But before we do that, why don't you tell the people where they can find you and the band on, on all the interwebs? Um, so we're on every social media site, uh, facebook.com slash makeshift li. Our Instagram and Twitter are makeshift underscore li. Uh, sorry, makeshift li was taken on this. <laughs> um, all our videos are on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, if literally anyone uses that. <laughs> and, yeah, good uh, question. Yeah. Any True. major streaming service, you can find us. All our merch is online. We just got new seven inches in for the record, which are sick. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for having where, me. Where can we find you, Burke? Oh, I'm everywhere, bro. I'm on Long Island. You'll catch me on an Islander game. You'll catch me in the Taco Bell drive-through. Yeah, I kind of forgot. You sort of use the, the uh, makeshift check, page in as the your own checkers. Page. Checkers way. Yeah, room. I do. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have my own. I Twitter. think that's genius, really. I, I'm so. gonna say if you want to see little moments in the day-to-day of Dan hanging out with his girlfriend, then you want to follow his Instagram. But if you don't give a shit about that, then just don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess you yeah. have the personal Instagram. I mean, that's that's literally all I do. That's like one of the only enjoyments that I have. So that's cool, <laughs> man. Got to share it. Got to spread the positivity. I feel that. Um, guys, if you liked this episode, we have a ton of other episodes with punk rockers. Uh, Long Island native himself, John James Ryan. We did an episode with him way back of Keep Flying. We've we've True. talked with Dom of Broadside. We've talked with, they, they all escaped me, Hungover, uh, Florida natives, our friend Mark. And there's so many more punk rock episodes. So Hayden. Who? Oh yeah, tunnel vision. Hated. That's like Scott Punk. So I guess that like kind of counts. Bumping so uglies. there's there's plenty more like this, and uh, you know, thank you all for listening, and thank you all for supporting Makeshift in these crazy times. Because I I was bummed for you guys when the tour got canceled, but I'm glad that it uh, I'm glad that it's all going well still. You know. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. Things had to get put on hold, but uh, I feel like the people that support us have really kept us on the up and up, and uh, just kept like us. Like Weezer said, yeah, man, Dan, keep listen, it on the up. Thanks. There you go. <laughs> so Burke, what thanks for uh thanks for stopping by and thanks for all the insight. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I, I miss you guys a lot. We gotta uh you gotta give me those dates. Well, soon. as soon as we can. As soon as we can, I definitely will, man. And let's make it let's put yeah, it out we'll, there on the interwebs. Like let's make it a point to hang out more. You're not too far away. Yeah, when all this is over, man, we'll uh we'll crush some clams. Do in you the hot wanna tub. go yeah, for sure, yeah, dude, man? Chris we has will. a jacuzzi. Uh, what song do you wanna leave the people with? 
let's go with uh, the lead single off the record. It's called What's Left of Me. We have a music video out for it, and I like it a lot. Sick. We'll put the music video at the end of this episode so everyone can see it. We, we will. And, and so with that being said, everyone, this was another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. Thank you again to Dan Burke of Makeshift for joining us. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe. Wash your hands.